Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, I haven't said that for a while. And that's Conrad. How are you, Conrad? Hello there. I'm doing fine. Uh, I have just got back from a bike ride. I'm fresh as a daisy. I'm ready to talk about some OA goodness. OA goodness. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad to hear the goodness there. So obviously, we have, this is the final season, the final episode of the, of the first season. Um, I, we ha- Conrad and I actually haven't talked about this off air. So let's talk about it now. Uh, for Dark, we actually did a... Theory, Conrad's Theory Matrix episode yeah. betwe- between the seasons. Now, I think I don't really want to do a full episode of Conrad's Theory Matrix. So what I was going to say to you today, Conrad, is in the uh, roundup, we could actually focus on your theories. Obviously, we'll not go through them to the same extent we did on the dark ones, but we will go through them and say what you got right, what you got wrong today. What do you think? Yeah, we can do that. That's fine. I was going to say, I've only got like maybe 10 concluded to to um to go through so yeah i think that sounds like a that sounds like a solid plan to me okay awesome so we'll go through uh, maybe we'll do all the concluded ones and we do the usual thing guys where conrad will tell me the theory i'll i'll have to say whether i think he got it right or wrong or what he gave himself yeah. and then uh and then we'll sort of resolve it from there uh if there's also conrad a couple of theories you wanted to mention which you still have active as well you don't have to mention them all but just sort of ones of note later on yeah uh, afterwards as well we can have a look at those all right guys uh we've got plenty to get into today um so could you please subscribe to the uh, (laughs) reboot could you please subscribe to the culture cave click that little red button down there ring the bell haven't said that uh like the video it really does help if you want to subscribe on podcasting apps if you want to listen to us in the car all that sort of thing i do want to apologize uh i think i probably should have apologized last week but when we recorded it i didn't know it episode six was a little late up there was something uh, on the auto app so something wrong with the uh the scheduling there i don't i think i i think i put in pm not am so it was going to come in i don't know what happened uh so basically it's up now enjoy it um <laughs> suck on those little earphones of yours and stick them in your ear yeah Get that saliva flowing. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you have to do. It's better sound. These these microphones, guys. You paid for these microphones for us. Get the quality out of them. Suck on the mic. Suck, suck on your earphone. <laughs> Shove it in. That's, it's that's an absolute scientist, step. and he does it. So yeah. there must be some science behind it. There must be. Uh, all right. Okay. So send us an email adpodmail at gmail.com if you want to. If you want to send us a question for Conrad, you can either do that through the email, or you could also put it on underneath this video. Uh, for the next episode, which is the first episode of season two, which I'm sure we're going to get a lot of theories about Mm. in this one. Right, Conrad, are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! The season finale of season one of the OA opens with Hap getting arrested. It does, and there's something I'm going to mention here that I haven't really focused on at all, to be honest, um, Mm -hmm. in this show, which is the use of um, Dissolves in the OA um I really like how often they use them it's not it's an editing technique you don't see all that often um these days and they use it quite a lot reminds me of something like Kubrick like The Shining um and we get a lovely one to open this episode with like the sort of um helicopter shot of the quarry dissolving into the back of Hap's head as uh as the as the cop um approaches and Stan 
rumbles. Yeah, that's Stan. That's right. Rumbles him. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't see this going the way that it initially went, although it ended the way I expected it to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. But so. Yeah. Um, you obviously was just, your your prediction was that he would kill Stan. Yeah, that cop officer. that cop one hundred percent wasn't making it out of this conflict yeah. alive. So, but I like I like the way you didn't sort of see coming the little twist they gave it, which was really cool. And that was that the silver tongue hap, as Stan puts it, uh, lets him know that he has he has people that the people in the basement can actually heal his wife because we know his wife has ALS. Yeah. Um, and obviously this man would give anything to have his wife back. So it puts in a real. Like a few weeks ago on the on the best movie podcast ever, we were talking about trolley problems because uh, the film Passengers. Go and listen to that if you want to. And this is a real like trolley problem in my mind as well. Like, would you save your wife? <laughs> they 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 set it up as one. Like they, yeah. they and yeah, I yeah. think I have a slight issue with the writing here because they very much establish it as that binary. It's like you either let these people heal your wife and leave them in captivity, mm-hmm. or you arrest Hap. And I feel like there's very much a middle ground here, where he just lets them heal his wife, and there's like, right, you're still under arrest. <laughs> like, he's that's, a, that's he's a police officer with a gun. Like he literally he has all the power here. Um, yeah. But but yeah, you're right. The show is very much like establishing that binary, and I think I understand why they do it because it makes the decision that Homer and Prairie ultimately make to help her, regardless of the fact that they know it means that they may well stay in captivity uh, much more selfless and much more impactful as a result. Yeah, just to add to you there, though, one thing I just thought of, it's, um, I'm like, okay, so whenever they're dan- they're doing the dance, or the, it's not a dance, doing the movements uh, around her body and the police officer's still got the gun on half, at that stage... What does the police officer think Hap is offering to the situation? Yeah, like I could just I could just arrest you now. Like they seem yeah. to be doing all the work here, so like, well, like get in the car. Give me all the information I need, Hap. Like, yeah. it, wasn't, it actually wasn't too clever of Hap. To no, be honest he's with played you. his entire hand early. Like he's he's kept nothing back, and for some reason, Stan just lets him sit there without handcuffs on or anything um which wasn't all that believable but to be honest this entire scene worked for me like i think yeah. you, there are, there are some holes in it which when you when you start picking it apart you can see the flaws in it but i think it worked i think emotionally there's a lot to it i love the score this kind of like swelling violin music um there's a there's a couple of great instances of, of music uh, really coming to the fore in this episode um but it really worked for me here to kind of hi- hi- kind of like heighten the emotion of the scene and then there's um some pretty crazy stuff we actually hear from i didn't don't know if i wrote her name down but stan's wife when she when she wakes evelyn evelyn did you say Mm -hmm. okay evelyn yeah so um like talking about you know this small white light which is you know something that i think is used to uh, to depict uh Mm. uh, and afterlife kind of power afterlife-ish kind of power like whether that's god or something else uh frequently so that seems to be what what that's going at talking about so i've got a theory coming out of this so so evelyn says she she sees a she like when when i can't remember what no it's when she was young right she has a near-death experience and she saw a white light yeah when she was a child a young child so she so she saw a, a little girl in the light and she was told that one day you will help two captive angels and I feel like the little girl was probably Prairie. In, in like, I, I feel like 
it's kind of leaning into my God is missing theory um, preacher thing where I feel like Prairie is a lot more significant than she realizes maybe because she has amnesia or something like that. But I think the, mm-hmm. the little girl that, that, um, that Evelyn spoke to um, in this other place was actually Prairie. Um, and I, I'm, <laughs> I like, I'm ashamed to admit that when she talks about um, imbibing the, the fifth movement, um, it took me until her saying, oh, I swallowed a, a white moth to realise, oh, Homer swallowed a sea urchin. That's yeah, how he yeah. got the other movement. So all of them are like swallowing animals, which seem to... That I'm sure there's a metaphor for what they are swallowing and the movement that it gives them and what the movement yeah. actually does. It's kind of lost on me a little bit, but uh, but that was her, uh, Evelyn saying, oh yeah, I swallowed a, a, a white moth made, made me realise, oh, that's what gives them the movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, because obviously Prairie had the dove too. Yeah. So, What's interesting uh, to me is I think there is a little bit there to the idea that that, that is Prairie in her in her vision or her NDE. Um, I'm not going to say whether or not that's confirmed in the show, but what I notice is there is seems to be a little bit of a kinship between Evelyn and Prairie. Yeah, like she says, "Oh, you you know, you're finally here." Yeah. Uh, when she first wakes up, also uh, it's a really nice moment, which is sort of showing a little bit of a transference of something. Possibly, I don't really know, but. Anyway, it's transference of importance, possibly. Evelyn is... Now, we're skipping off over an awful lot that I do want to come back to, but I will just mention this. Evelyn uh, gets to hug Stan before getting shot. Yeah. Um, so the, the last time that she gets to hold her husband is actually correlated at the exact same moment as the first time Prairie gets to hold Homer. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I'd not drawn that, um, that line of comparison. But yeah, that is... And to be honest, I was really grateful. We'll go back to the 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 Evelyn Prairie stuff in a second, but mm-hmm. I was grateful. I I, I, I criticise this show for being overwritten sometimes, um, but one instance where I appreciated them writing something explicitly was when Prairie says in the voiceover as she is retelling the story that it was the first time she got to hold Homer, because the significance of that of that just seeing it was I I, I hadn't actually thought about it to be honest yeah. that that she'd never got to hold him before. Um, so I, I was glad that that was in the screenplay, and as you say, it, it it draws a pretty obvious comparison between Evelyn and Stan at the end of their life, and Prairie and Homer, I guess, at the beginning of theirs in a in a in a sort of in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Beginning of a new, there. certainly beginning of a new chapter in their life. Yeah, definitely. Um, whenever um, uh, happened, <laughs> you know, ha- had them start doing the the movements and stands there with the gun looking over his shoulder in the monitor thinking, thinking what on earth are they doing yeah. I just really short, thought that we were missing like from Dark Egon coming in and being like Satanism you know <laughs> yeah someone like Stan's partner comes in and was like what in the hag and like I'm not actually gonna I was gonna swear then and I'm like <laughs> like I'm not gonna do it because I don't oh well, this is a family friendly podcast but um, but uh, yeah coming in and like unleashing like a stream of profanities as they walk in I don't know why they suddenly be like a Texan sheriff, but that's what yeah. I was imagining happening. <laughs> Doing some sort <laughs> yeah. of devil magic. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it, y'all it, need it, Jesus, it, and then like firing yeah, into I, the air. Like Stan, it shows how how on the end of his tether in terms of wanting to help his wife Stan was because that was completely out of the box. We'll just say in the nicest possible way when he sees someone say, "No, trust me. Like this will this will be good. This will heal her." Yeah. Um. It's like, is this the medicine you got from Europe? Like what? What is this? You know? Yeah, I mean, he does just kind of. Uh, I, I think the sh- the show and the performance have done enough to make me believe 
that he would try this on faith, I think, because he's clearly a man at the mm-hmm. end of his tether. You know, as you say, he's he's out of options at this point. He's willing to try whatever. Um, I think the, the the one the one flaw I see in this scene is, as I've said, I don't think it's as binary as as the as, as the show is making it out to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it is one of those moments where you just go, "What if they just did this?" You know. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, it doesn't matter because they both get shot anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, before we leave this scene, though, I just want to say that I sort of noticed that because they were more practiced, possibly, but also because they were like properly putting their full feeling into it. I felt like you know how they Ferry said you have to put in perfect feeling. I felt they were really putting the feeling in. Like they actually probably achieved what they wanted to a lot quicker. Then say like I know I know they were literally bringing Scott back from death, so that did take a long time. But this only took maybe they ran through the movements maybe three or four times, and then yeah. it, it actually it well, worked. I mean, so. I, I think Evelyn is the one that says, um, and, and in fairness, she's talking about this idea of like traveling. But uh, actually, no, maybe it's Prairie says this in the voiceover. I didn't write down who said it, but talking about the idea of force of will, and only someone with uh, like kind of great determination can I swim to the other side of you know the, the dimensional rift but I think that probably applies to the movements as well like when when you're full when when you kind of leverage your full force of, of, of your personality and your will into these movements you're probably able to achieve what you're trying to yeah. much quicker than uh, Prairie and, and Homer initially did when they were bringing Scott back from the dead yep that makes sense to me and it's also it was uh, Evelyn who said that it was Evelyn, also okay. And also, I think that was them showing us where Prairie got that from because Prairie had been saying that to the yeah. boys a couple of times. Yeah. So it shows her that she didn't just like get that from nowhere. Yeah. Um, Prairie again knocking the Mary Sue comments out of the way. Uh, so, yeah. all right. So she grabs her hand. All that sort of thing goes <laughs> on. I, I just want to say one thing is that those Mary Sue got. And I know it was one of our listeners who'd like kind of heard that from somewhere else and was repeating it. So I don't want them to think that I'm, I'm no, coming at them. No, with they this. actually said in there. I do want to say it again. They in their comment they said that she wasn't a Mary Sue, yeah. or it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> yeah. You've just reminded me that there are some people out there in the ether who have leveraged that as a criticism, and it kind of blows my mind that a show can be so explicitly about this mysterious figure with a kind of past shrouded in secrecy, who is clearly like some kind of secret celestial being, literally mastering the ability to travel through dimensions, uh, <laughs> and and the show is about revealing her origins, and people are like fucking Mary Sue. It's like, that's, have you never heard of like a, a mystery before? Like we're we're literally learning about this character. Oh, it just yeah. Well, to be honest with you, Conrad, I think the the problem is, is every now and then you do get a character who, poss- male or female, who possibly is a bit too overpowered. Uh, for no real reason and you possibly could lever- leverage those uh, accusations towards them yeah. the problem is is that whenever you're called out as being sexist for that uh, and then you say what are you talking about I'm not sexist and then you're like but you also said it about Prairie in the OA so you can't have it both <laughs> ways here I mean it, it, we all know that the real Mary Sue in this series is Steve because it is utterly <laughs> implausible to me that he would get a girl not not just one girlfriend but two <laughs> girlfriends in the space of a season what do you mean it's impossible you're falling in love with him that is true I'm only jealous I'm jealous of Steve <laughs> for his sweet stunt skills his sweet, yeah, yeah. sweet parkour skills exactly he's so cool um, alright so <laughs> Uh, Hap actually drives Prairie away after this. This uh, was he nuts. In... He just drives her off. I was, I couldn't believe this. I was like, "What? It, uh, you're just dumping her by the side." I thought there was going to be some, you know, portal, and and she was going to get displaced or something. But it's literally just like, "No, screw you. I've got the fifth movement on, on your I've bike." Got, I've got a theory why. Uh, 
why he dumped her, but I, I can't really tell you until a couple episodes into season two. Well, rather than um, killing her, or yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I mean, I so I'm. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I think, I think she is. I think the next season is going to be about her pursuing Hap and the others, and I think he's taken them somewhere. Um, I think he has travelled with them by the end of this. So I wonder if it's just to slow her down, maybe in her pursuit of, in her pursuit of him. It is interesting to me that I, I, I yeah, I, I, when I stop and think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I believe that he'd kill her because he clearly has an emotional connection to her. But there are ways in which he could have slowed her down or stopped her from chasing him that would have been far more definitive than like driving her off and dumping her by the side of the road and essentially freeing her. Yeah. Okay. Oh, as I say, I've got a little theory yeah. about that, but we'll we'll wait and see. Um, okay. So it was interesting, actually. Um, the story ends, and then the whole town's in the room. Uh, yeah, they so... were just there. They, they like. I wonder how long they've been there for. To be honest. Just listening to the whole thing. Of course, they're coming at the moment that Prairie's wielding a knife with a shirt off. Like they, they don't, have, they don't understand the context of the situation. All right, it all they didn't sense. come. They didn't come in when she was giving Steve some like leadership training. She didn't, you know. Yeah, she didn't, didn't come, come in when, in when she, was... she was getting stabbed in the leg. That's when they yeah, needed her. That's when yeah, she needed them. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, but they come in. They sort of. It basically start. It takes Prairie off the board in in, in a way. Um, she's now we're fully now in the present day. Uh, this yeah. is we finally got there, Connor. Where you said we would be after an episode or two, we finally got to the point where we are in present day up, yeah. in both stories. Um, okay, so basically, uh, she gets taken away by Nancy. There's there's an interesting shot, like a sort of little shot. It's a couple of shots actually, but there's one main long one where her and Nancy are just walking back to the house, yeah. um, sort of silently, and it's almost as if Prairie is a bit shell shocked herself that she's been discovered in that vulnerable moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I d- I'm, I'm. I was trying to kind of place where um, where her vulnerable vulnerability came from in retelling that. Whether it's just such an emotionally charged moment in her past, and obviously the last time she saw Homer, um, or, or whether there's something more to it that I'm missing. But there's certainly, yeah, there definitely does. There's definitely a vulnerability vulnerability to her um, that's has kind of thrown her off her game so to speak okay okay so i do have another theory about that as well but i don't know if i can say it because i don't know how you read this episode so i have to wait to see <laughs> okay uh, how you re- how you read stuff okay uh, but also like the way i read the episode the first time i watched the show and then like I, I'll, I'll, well, I'll talk about it later on but i'll just say now and you can think about it before we get there I actually thought when the series ended that there wasn't going to be a season two, and I thought that this was like a really good ending of a one. Yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah. I can't remember if we've said that on the show or not, or whether you you said it to me off air. But like, I do kind of agree with you. I think you could, um, the, the ending is ambiguous enough, and it doesn't really. I mean, it's a it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but not really at the same time. Like, you can kind of draw your you fill own fill in some gaps and yeah draw your own conclusions yeah you can uh but obviously we'll talk about the ending more but i think I, I'm, I'm interested in you, I, I like that you're, you agree with me there because when Emma and i watched it we very much thought we honestly when they were announced season two we were like what i thought i thought it was one series story one and done uh, obviously yeah. season two came out then and there's a lot of tie-ins uh with stuff that they they had in season season one okay uh, so 
I it was all planned. I think, well, it, to a certain extent, they knew they were going to do a season two. So okay, so um, so we get uh, Prairie is actually inspecting the the stab wound that oh. um that Steve did for her, and it's all it was interesting to me. actually. What do you think about this first? I'll so I've, pretty... got, I've got in trouble. I've got in trouble before giving my <laughs> thoughts for you. So you go first. Um, I liked the um the actually no is this a, is this the top down shot in the bath? I can't remember if it was in this scene where you get like the top down shot of her in the no, bath. No, that's later on. That's when later she's when she's a having a dream, dream, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I think really the only thing I took from this scene was that it's kind of gnarly watching her pull bits of pencil graphite out of her leg. Um, I didn't really see that coming, and as someone who's a fan of gore um even that was even in in movies that was even that was a bit bit much for me to be honest so yeah, in um, movies let's bet you know in movies not yeah. in real life uh i'm a sadomasochist yeah <laughs> but not really ding uh so i actually um i, I actually well, obviously i've seen this a number of times so i finally was looking at the scene i was like right okay let's try and get some symbols and let's try and get some analysis going in this scene and i thought to myself it's if you think about it right, it's like she's pulling shrapnel out of her leg. What type of films or stories do we see that in? And it's usually in like a war for, war film yeah. where like where like they've just went through bloody like a, a, a rain of fire or they've just like had a huge gunfight and went through something horrible and life altering which could possibly give you PTSD and then they're sort of having to get shrapnel pulled out of them afterwards. And I kinda maybe saw something there. Um it's sort of the calm after the storm, you know? Yeah, I mean I think there's you don't, um, from a pure storytelling perspective or a visual story te- storytelling perspective, you don't show someone pulling fra- fragments of whatever out of a wound unless you want to remind them of the situation in which they got that wound. Um, yeah. So it's definitely showing that you know she bears both physical and I suspect emotional scars from the not just the the stuff that happened with Hap and, and in the basement, but also with sharing that knowledge with, with the boys in BBA, I think. Yeah, yep, I would agree. Okay, so Nancy and Abel go to French's house. Um, eventually they get him. Uh, he's, he's, he's delayed for a while. And then French says, don't worry, I'm going to prove it's all true, uh, or her story. And this obviously <laughs> shocks Nancy, because Nancy's like, she told you? Um, yeah, I... D- this, this is the beginning of what I'm going to entitle uh, my hashtag fearful for French episode because as soon as he said this I was like oh French you're such a good guy and you've got like you've got such prospects ahead of you and you've got this it's a bad habit it's a, it's a good quality but it's going to get him into trouble one of these days of sort of taking problems onto his shoulders and taking responsibility for them um, when others are incapable of doing it for themselves um, and this was yet another one of those and it, it made me start being very worried about what was going to happen to French in this episode to be honest okay yeah well we've seen when Steve was highlighted as being a great guy so what happened to him 50 grand took <laughs> 50 yeah that that 50 grand could have paid for some acting lessons for steve like to be honest so like <laughs> yeah. all right okay so the family go to the to a hotel for some privacy yeah uh all the press are still asking her how did you get your site back like that that probably would be a big question uh, <laughs> yes yeah, you know that's fairly important that's fairly important uh so there's a really nice nice is the wrong word but a really um effective moment here when they first come into the into the hotel room and uh there's a real silent thing of you know dressing the bed and getting the bed ready and then saying we need a duvet and then the fact that there was no duvet there abel then just 
like folds down. inwards yeah like and i feel like that's a that's a really um a very accurate depiction of how breakdowns happen like it's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back um yeah. and he just yeah he just crumples um which is the first time we've really seen him have any kind of emotional response i'm trying to think back actually to the first episode when when prairie first shows up whether he is particularly obviously he's happy but whether he's particularly kind of emotional um i don't i don't recall him being uh, he, he he's quite a stoic figure able for the most mm-hmm. part um but yeah that like yeah. he's 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 struggling here yeah and that that was the that was the uh impactfulness for me is the fact that he's sort of been holding it together with nancy going crazier by the day wanting to know what happened to Prairie, wanting to help her, but not quite know her knowing how. Abel's kind of just a rock in the family, and yeah. this is him finally breaking. This is That's why it was so impactful to me. But um, Prairie then, in a way, in a lovely moment again, like I re- this is a really, it really impacted me a lot when I first saw it, in when she, like there was enough of a silence, you know, they they waited and they, get, they were patient with it. And then finally she said, I was in a basement, and she yeah. started telling them what happened. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, and it's just, you know, prairie embodies empathy um and this is another example of that where she she reads the situation and is able to plug the emotional gap with something that that helps to both diffuse it and to potentially help nancy and abel move on from it or not if not move on at least understand it better Yep, exactly. Uh, then Nancy makes probably the worst decision of yeah, most characters t- Nancy, in the show. Nancy, timing. Timing on it. Like, just keep this one under your hat for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Nancy. Like, she waited to the morning and then, like, literally in the same room as Prairie, Abel! Abel! Yeah. <laughs> Psst. <laughs> like, listen, yeah, uh, I've been lying to you for ten years, Abel, and I need to tell you, this morning is the morning that I need to tell you. <laughs> that i kept the letter from you which was a point in the theory matrix thank you very much (laughs) yeah yeah so uh yeah because nancy's just like all right i know like i kind of want our family to be refractured again like i know we're all back together now we're all sort of like (laughs) but i kind of want to fuck it up again can we do that prairie did a great job with like telling her story to bring it to unify us for a little bit but here i come with a with a sledgehammer to just ruin everything yeah so uh obviously it was that abel um Abel didn't know about the letter because Nancy kept it from him. The letter said that she was going to go find her father. Yeah. Um, Abel then goes down and gets some waffles. Oh my! Um, it did give. I was going to say it gives us the immortal line: "I'm busy, Nance. I'm making a waffle," which it's yeah. <laughs> just like. And then I'm going to. Yeah. Eat then it. I'm going to eat it. It's <laughs> like yeah, yeah, Abel. You get yourself a waffle. <laughs> like it's just like that. I've never has never has the phrase "I'm making a waffle" been said with such passive aggression before. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like also the line. Um, obviously, less 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 hilarious, but uh, actually very very effective line is when he said, "You lied about the note because you were worried about her choice of words." Yeah, she disappeared, and you thought I would I would have that on my mind. You know, such a just a realistic line of just I love what a character just like cuts through the bullshit of yeah. whatever's happening and just being like seriously, come on. But it's also I think really good characterization for these two characters as well because Nancy. Well, as this argument develops, we find out that she, one of the reasons she chose Prairie was because she was blind. Because she, having lost a child, she couldn't bear the idea of another child leaving her behind, even you know emotionally and physically, physically through the act of, of growing up. So she thought that because Prairie was blind, she would always depend upon her. Um, yeah. And I feel like 
her need to have a child be dependent on her is reflected in her taking the decision not to expose Hap. Uh, Hap, that's a Freudian slip. Um, expose Abel to the potential pain of her going to find her quote-unquote real father because if the role was reversed and, you know, Prairie was like, I'm going to go find my real mother... Nancy would have been utterly destroyed by that because because of yeah. that 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 sort of um, I I guess insecurities but it's a sort of a I'm not sure if insecurity is really the real term for it but but because of that that feeling that Nancy harbors so she makes the incredibly selfish decision to try and protect Abel from it even though he doesn't need protecting from it because he doesn't have that insecurity and I think it's a it's a really really good moment between those two characters. Yeah, um, when you made that Freudian slip there and said Hap instead of Abel. My head immediately went to like Peter Pan and how Mr. Darling is kind of Captain Hook. Um, and that that sort of uh, is funny because Jason Isaacs is, is of course, Captain Hook. Uh, so is he Captain Hook? Yeah. What's he Captain Hook in? The new one? Do they make Peter a new Pan- one? Peter Pan. It came out in like 2005 or something like that. Oh, I don't. I, I have no memory of that movie at all. I think uh, Freddie Highmore is in it. <laughs> is he as good as Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> Uh, oh, he's actually very good. Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's good as Dustin Hoffman actually from Hook, but but he actually but he's but it's actually a serviceable Peter Pan film. To be honest with you, um, okay, serviceable. Uh, Peter Pan <laughs> <film>. <laughs> let's, let's just highlight that uh, before I get a comment. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Prairie tries to phone. Uh, That's great. <laughs> Betty Broderick Allen, Steve Winchell, and then she. <laughs> French, how about French? Yeah, French. Uh, Alfon- I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Alfonso. Uh, he doesn't know his last I name. feel like this is mirrored in the next scene as well, where it's like people just being like, I don't know, I have a first name. Or in Prairie's case, she doesn't even have a first name. She has like a, a nickname to start off with. Yeah. Where, and it's just like, what What do you think anyone's going to do with this information, Prairie? <laughs> and then yeah. it goes straight from that scene into... And like, I don't want to jump ahead, just but it goes straight from this scene into Steve... Um, phoning, which is actually not a bad idea. Phoning like the ALS Society, being like Evelyn, uh, you must have yeah. an Evelyn there. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, do you understand must. how many people have ALS, Steve? <laughs> like, there's probably there's probably a few Evelyns uh, like that yeah. the ALS Society is aware well, of. There's, f- there's five hundred thousand quarries in North America. There's going to be a few Evelyns. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's one quarry for every person in America. That's how that's how it works. So next up, uh, we have. Uh, them looking up through the things as you said they found a scott brown who went missing in 2005 yeah um which is obviously wrong because they would have only been there scott would have only been there maybe from 2007 or 8 the date wasn't right um so it didn't really work out however they finally after all these weeks or months or whatever finally took the idea of googling anesthesiologist and pilot uh yeah and all i thought of was is that a google whack it's got to be bloody close to it if it isn't there there can't be that many that like where they they have both professions yeah well yeah that's the funny thing like they they were sort of expecting it to be google like anesthesiologist pilot and then like imagine like they clicked enter and then this hap's face was there yeah yeah like one of those like um like raf leather jackets and like a silk scarf next to next to his plane um no 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 he's, he's actually wearing like you know the rock uh, when he wore the, the turtleneck, the big chain, and then the bomb bag. Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> Jason Isaac doing that. With his, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would great. be great. Uh, bring back the bum bag slash fanny yeah. pack if you're American. Um, Fa- fanny it's, pack. it's 
my, when I, this is a slight aside, but when I when I last went to America, uh, which was when I was like eleven years old, my dad swore by his bum bag, <laughs> like, and he made us all wear them and basically like carry our passports in them around with us at like Disney World, which is just like, what are you doing, Dad? Like, you don't need this. <laughs> That's Pockets great. work just fine. <laughs> yeah, I did own at least one bomb bag as, as a child. Oh, I, I, yeah, I had several. Yeah, you you got to have one for each day. Um, okay, so... Uh, they find they a Japanese did... video of Prairie playing a violin in the subway as well, which I... Eventually, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I question why like there would be tourism. a japanese video of this to be honest this this well, not new york it's tourism that is true yeah but it's distinctly not remarkable violin playing to be honest i know well, actually the funny thing is we got i think it was frack and toast the lover gave us a bit of shit about that uh, in the last <laughs> uh comment section couldn't believe that we uh didn't find that uh transcendental <laughs> oh what the violin playing not the violin playing rachel singing uh because rachel is actually an, a, an artist of the the actress who plays rachel is actually an artist Sharon Van Etten she, uh, she's okay. actually a, sing- a singer um, which is like she great voice I would listen to it don't get me wrong uh, did it take me to another plane of reality I'm not sure um, yeah I want that I want that fifth element um, style <laughs> yeah. operas uh, did thing. Rachel have stones in her belly yeah. that's what we need to know that's the standard by which she's that's why judged. she didn't get a movement she's, <laughs> she's important in another way yeah yeah she it's like she's been swallowing stones rather than moths uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Living Rachel, living. <laughs> Every time she goes in, she just eats another stone. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Okay, so French climbs into the window of oh Prairie's house, goes up, and finds the books. I, I was so nervous during this scene because I, in my head, so French has established, you know, that he's a good guy, that he's trying to help, and then he breaks into a house, and we've already established that Abel has a gun. And is ready to use it. And like, I, I, this is honest. I'm not bullshitting here. As soon as he broke in, I was like, "Shit, Abel's gonna come back and fucking shoot him," <laughs> like, as like a burglar. But yeah. instead, fortunately, he just finds the books, and all, all is well. Um, I, what I do you think about these books? I think, I think this was a bit clumsily done. To be honest, I, I think that they're trying to sow the seeds of doubt. That you know maybe maybe Prairie has has usual suspected them and she's like some Kaiser Soze who's just been pulling things out of posters that she's seeing to construct this story and that she's crazy and I think that I think it totally could have worked I think they needed to do this earlier I don't think they had they gave it enough to because basically this 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 narrative arc is resolved in half an hour like by the end of this episode yeah. they've they've resolved this which I don't think is enough time have they. Uh, I mean, the that, gives mo- me an, that gives me an inkling into your reading of it. Actually, well, I mean, the movement, them, them doing the movements at the end implies to me that the they're uh, particularly French implies to me that like okay, okay like we do believe her. Um, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, like I, I think I, I totally think this could have worked. I would have liked this like an episode or two before, just just mm-hmm. so we get a bit of time to let this doubt breathe. Um, and a bit, and and to be honest, it kind of blindsided me a bit because. I think personally, my read of it was that, like, I I know. Yeah, I'm gonna say I know. I I I never have even questioned whether Prairie is a reliable narrator. Um, so these ideas being thrown in here that maybe she's wrong, 
to me they were going i expected them to be in service of some kind of dramatic irony where we we as the audience know that she's telling the truth but french questions it and i don't think it really goes in that direction either it's just like french isn't sure and then by the end of it he is yeah i know what you mean maybe like they could have they, they they could have possibly restructured it i, I know they, they wanted to end episode six with the gun at Hap's head, they wanted to have episode seven be just about the present day with the boys, yeah, and therefore they had to start episode eight with Hap and the gun again. So I understand why they did what they did, but I know what you mean. They could have maybe put the boys questioning it in episode six, which to beef that out a little bit more because it was only half an hour. Remember, yeah, like that's where it could have went. Um, having said that, for me, it, it it didn't ring hollow for me. I actually did enjoy uh, this little um, end of the season. Because for me, talking about whether if it was only one season, the fact that it was in there was like, okay, this could, it gives you enough space now for this to be a one, one and done. Uh, but the fact that they came back for a second season, I think in that in that context, possibly I agree with you but, that they could have introduced. Uh, so at the end of the first season, like viewing this, did you have in your head the idea that maybe she's just made it all up? Did that did that make you think that that was a possibility? yeah possibility yeah okay because yeah i i just i just i think that's maybe it's because i know there's a second season but i, I just, that thought just never crossed my mind at all as, as a possibility so okay. maybe that's why this didn't didn't work for me okay interesting um i think but, but i will say as well my own experience watching it the first time when she started to explain to abel and nancy about where she was and she said that the room she was in of it was about the same size as the room that they were in. I was like, yeah. no, it wasn't. No, like, no, it wasn't. Uh, you need to work on your sense of scale, Prairie. So when because... she said that, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she's actually going to explain what really it was like. It wasn't actually the glass walls and everything. Like, you know. And, but then she went on to talk about the little stream and everything. I was like, oh, okay, so actually, no. Yeah, yeah they've just was. screwed up their measurements here because that room is clearly far bigger than a hotel room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so um, when French then sees the books, he goes and looks in the mirror and he looks sees Homer. Sorry, got a cat on stream. That's all right. That's all right. Sorry, carry what on. Cat th- what, what does the cat think about seeing Homer in the mirror? Indy, what do you think about seeing Homer in the mirror? I did. I'd like. I don't think Indy watched it to be honest, but um, yeah, I did not. I don't know what to make of that. Frankly, um, it's um, yeah. I don't know. I I I literally I, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's weird. It's definitely striking, but um, but uh, I I'm not entirely sure what that's saying. Um, I guess I mean it, it, it's you know he's replacing um, he's seeing it himself his reflection being replaced by Homer. So I guess the implication is that at this point he's questioning whether. Um, whether the story is real or where um, and i guess this is a continuation of that that maybe he's thinking homer is a reflection of us as individuals or him as an individual um mm-hmm. but yeah I, i'll be really interested to see if if anything else comes of that because that was a really striking visual to just kind of throw away in this thing that's resolved kind of half an hour later if it is indeed resolved yeah okay cool uh riz ahmed um character name and actor name he uh, came along uh, what did you make of his little scene? It was why was he there? <laughs> we might touch upon that on the on the on the questions from the okay because because I was just like, do you often just roll up in your patients' houses at night when they're not around? <laughs> like, I, I, but yeah, I mean, it's um, 
I was very suspicious of his character here. I was like, you seem like a really nice guy, Riz Ahmed, but this is not a, a scene that you should be turning up in. Like, you have apparently keys to her house, and and then the fact that keys he's to a, her house did, did, did mention that. Well, I mean, he's in her house, so presumably oh, he, he would have had must, to climb through the window. Well, he, yeah, he's either coming the same window French has. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was very... And the fact that the things he's saying are kind of like disarmingly nice. So, you know, if he was if he was there for a good reason, you wouldn't be like, oh, you know, you're French, you know, you've taken on the secondhand trauma. You're, I, I, I think what he's saying is kind of truthful, but he's clearly trying to... Oh, yeah. Direct. I it was very, very powerful what he said actually. No, I, I think it was, but I think it. The, in my head, I was, I was also kind of thinking this feels like he's trying to direct the conversation towards French and what French has done for Prairie, as opposed to focusing on what Riz Ahmed is doing in this house on his own at night. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Okay, um, okay, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually can't remember the first time I watched in terms of my feeling towards that. Uh, having rewatched it, I know where the story goes, but having rewatched it, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can understand why that's a bit mental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, like, just let himself in. Just let we've him. Gotta just, give, we've got to give Riz. Yeah, we've uh, got to get. Lot, yeah, that, that's episode. how the writers' room went. They were like, "Can we put Riz Ahmed in any of these scenes without the audience yeah. questioning it too much?" And then Britt Marling piped up and was like. Put him in the prairie house, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Genius!" Put him, put him in. Like yeah. he, he just—I mean, she leaves her door open all the time, so maybe he was just not driving home and he went to check up on her and wandered yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Um, or it could have also been that he heard about what happened uh, at the house with the stabbing of the leg and all that sort of thing, and thought, "I'll go around check her, check up on her." Yeah, and then wander in. <laughs> yeah, wander in the in the window. Yeah, just uh, fall over and slip in the window. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, French shows the other boys the books. I think we've talked a little bit about this. We don't really. There's not much really much to say. Buck keeps the Angels book, I suppose. We'll yeah, say. yeah. yeah. But, but Buck keeps the Angels book, and I, I think there's a general sense that like already they're kind of dismissing French's skepticism at this point. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I will be really interested to see if this comes back at all, or whether it was just kind of a slightly mishandled um, arc. Because it, it, it felt, as I say, it felt like it was being resolved the moment the first the scene where it was introduced ended, almost. Yeah, yeah, okay, awesome. Okay, so um, she's back on the meds, Prairie. She's back on the meds. Yeah, and uh, she is applied for a lot of courses. She's got into some creative creative writing courses. Uh, you know, she enjoyed the storytelling, and then um, she's also got an ankle tag. <laughs> yeah, she's on. got a great electric uh, uh, electronic uh, bracelet, which um, which does go in the bath apparently. It, so yeah, she's... it's waterproof, so that's fine. It's um, waterproof, yeah. Yeah, and I, I I I'm a big fan of a time skip that doesn't require a five years yeah. later across the screen or whatever. Um, you know, clearly some time has passed here because she's medicated and uh, Abel and her are. Uh, you know, talking to each other relatively normally, and she has a yeah. bracelet on as well. Um, but uh, it's quite a natural that's, time that, skip. That is part of the reason for me why I felt like this could have been a one and done, because the time skip at the end is kind of like a let's see where they are now. You know, it's like a sort of a wrap up at the end. You know, that usually happens in the last episode of of a season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It like could season. could feel like an epilogue. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and that 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 was that was the sense. Um, 
it, it's a weird end to this this episode. So I like I, I have a very mixed feeling. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I have very mixed feelings on this episode because the good in it is really good. Um, and but then there's stuff like this where it felt, it felt like you know I che- I checked my I checked the, the runtime, and we got to this scene. I was like, okay, there's about ten minutes left of this episode. It doesn't really feel like we're reaching any kind of conclusion here. We're kind of we're kind of drifting into an epilogue, like you said. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just going to be this, and it's going to be a really sort of gentle drift out. And then and then suddenly it's like, oh shit! <laughs> like yeah, it, okay, it, so we, we've got a few details to touch upon, but we can talk about the big the big thing now if you want to. So well, I, I wanted to get so okay. I'll I'll, I'll say I, there was something I wanted to say before we get to the big thing. Because okay. because like, I wanted to go through like my kind of thoughts as it's being revealed because it was kind of crazy to me and I and I did see I, I managed to sort of predict a lot of it coming but it's not not in like a theory matrix kind of way in like a kind of oh the the, the show has done a really good job of suddenly like just cranking it from first gear into fifth and being like yeah. <laughs> here you go oh, like yeah. we're 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 going now. Um, but uh yeah so the the well for, first off the scene between bva and principal dickwad whatever his name is where where he says that's a cool box and bva responds with i bought it at the container store what is this conversation what is a yeah. container store i don't understand any of this like i uh but bba's apparently been fired um which... well i can understand why yeah <laughs> like, that was before we met at the house. Yeah, she <laughs> she didn't do herself any favors. Let's be honest. And then when you know when when it turned out that she was bringing children to sit around a half naked woman with a knife, I can understand why the the, the school board was like, "We're gonna have to move I you mean, on." I mean, they might have found out about the fifty grand as well. Also, um, I, I don't really know when they rang her up and said, "Listen, uh, Elizabeth Betty." Could you come to a hearing? I don't know why she just didn't went. I- I'm eating the sandwich. Yeah, I'm eating the sandwich. I can't. And then just <laughs> hang up her phone. Um, it's gonna be a long one. Yeah. Um, so I'm assu- but, okay. So I'm assuming like that was very funny. Yeah, but I mean, BBA's been fired, which isn't isn't as funny. Let's be honest. Um, well, to be honest with you, when it when shit happens, which we'll talk about in a minute, the fact that she goes back to the boys kind of almost proves that she's you know it's not right that she's getting fired you know it's yeah. like she look at her like the, the dichotomy between her and the principal's reactions to it is yeah. really well, stark and I, I didn't realize that the principal was the one who had talked to french um earlier in the season like basically telling him not to hang out with steve and buck and and, and jesse um yeah see i thought that was the coach yeah actually, yeah i thought it was a coach or something but that's that's an that's awful thing for a principal to say like you know that, that's what You'd expect like some kind of lower lower ranking teacher to maybe make snide comments like that, but a principal is like high school anthropology. Yeah, like Jesus Christ, that this guy is not a good principal, as as we see by the end of this episode. Um, yeah. But I, but I feel like the implication is also that after this time skip, French's lacrosse scholarship prospects have probably taken a bit of a hit um, as well. He is hanging around with the jocks again, though. He is. That's true. Um, but this is so. Just to take the the listeners through my mindset in this room. Um, in in this um in this this set of scenes, as soon as it cuts to the wide angle shot of of um, French kind of and he's like reminiscing about the um the, the the canteen where they are, and my head was immediately like, oh shit, this is the room that that, that Prairie dreamed about, uh, and then I was yeah. like, there was a gun in that dream. Uh, are we doing a school shooting thing? Um, because I did yeah. not see this coming. Um, <laughs> and then um, it's a weird. I feel like the sh- the show knows that you're going to be starting to connect the dots as you're as you're um 
as you're watching this. So it's really weird tonally because it goes from that and then goes to like Jesse getting a weed pillow uh, to treasure and Steve just hanging out with his girlfriend. And there's this real kind of like calm before the storm um, feeling to, to 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 the goings on. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, we cut back to the great shot of Prairie in the bath, the top down shot of her in the bath with her like limbs yeah. sprawled out of it. <gasps> she wakes up she realizes what it is uh, a literal jump a, like jump scare almost to be like Abel lets her go hmm. uh, I think he's gonna regret that um, <laughs> so <laughs> he lets her go she runs down um, now I think the, the, the distance between the boys at this point like they're all with their different groups as you said Jesse's with the druggies Francis with the jocks Steve's with his new girlfriend and Buck is actually with seems like some artists or I don't know what like he's sitting one of them sitting there drawing so yeah Possibly, there weren't really much conversation going on there. Let's be honest. But um, basically, uh, I think it's the the distance there is also to show that the the connection that they had through the story of Prairie uh, is still important to them, and they still have an innate connection to each other now. So whenever whenever the shooter comes in, um, they look at each other and they decide in order to distract from the uh, from you know the shooter in a way, um, they get up and start doing the movements and. Um, this it was interesting i want to know what you think of it overall in a minute but um i just want to put in the start before we go is that i really got the sense out of all of them that they were doing this with perfect feeling as prairie says yeah no i i think this is um this is very much like the culmination of their months of work together i think and 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 it's it's clear from the way the score kind of swells um in this moment i think i think so the way the way that my head was was working at this point i was first trying to figure out if this was the kid that steve punched in the throat i assume it was but i don't know if it if it was a random kid or the 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 one that had wronged steve and my first thought was that oh steve's gonna get shot um you know he's gonna kind of like own up to his mistakes apologize this kid get shot and they're gonna have to use the movements to resurrect him and then um a prairie will travel as a kind of result of of them doing the movement doing all five movements perfectly obviously that didn't happen um but then you get this before you go on i just want to say we are going to get a lot of comments of people saying no it's not that guy uh, i actually don't know because i never actually paid too much attention to who that guy was mm. uh so let's just say you think it's that guy i think it's not so therefore one of us is correct one of us is wrong <laughs> And ev- comment away. Everybody wins. Um, yeah, comment away. <laughs> team Conrad. We th- we think it's Throat Punch Boy. I don't know. I don't know. Miles. 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 That was his name. Yeah. Um, he, looked, he looked too tall to be Miles. Yeah, he did, and he also didn't have any kind of like tracheal bandaging to protect his. But also, his I, I in no way throat. Would, Yeah, but I, I in no way would have punched this guy in the throat. I probably would have tackled him from behind. So Miles had more of a throat punchy vibe to him. You yeah. know. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, yeah, this guy, this guy was more of a yeah tackle while he's not looking kind of vibe. Um, yeah. But so, so yeah, this the 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 kind of um, emotion of the scene swells in a really beautiful way actually. So B, uh, BBA seeing uh, Principal Dickwad like getting some kids out and then running himself, which I mean, I sp- it's difficult. I, I don't want to be too harsh to this character because it's hard to say what you would do in this situation until you're that's placed. Probably in the it. protocol. That's probably the pro- yeah. He, he got he got some the ones he was without, and then he gets to say. Like, is he actually going to benefit anyone by running into that into the cafeteria? I don't know. I don't know what the kind of 
protocol. He is. might just escalate the yeah, situation. Yeah, it might, it might escalate it. It might just put himself in, in danger needlessly without actually helping any of the kids. So I don't want to be too harsh to him for, for quote-unquote, running away. What I will say is that BBA refusing to do that and being like no i've got to go help my boys is a very sweet moment for that character mm-hmm. um and feels very earned and feels very very earnest i, I re- really worked for me that um yeah and then the 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 the, the when the the shooter comes into the cafeteria um you get that moment of steve and french and buck and jesse and, and bba exchanging a knowing look and then you know springing to their feet as one the score swells really emotively and they start doing the movement the movements i this is a sign of how well it worked for me that I wasn't. I, w- I would slightly question what they were doing the movements for. I, like you've said, it was for a, just as a distraction. Well, I, my 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 head. Says yeah, I, I I but I wonder whether there is some kind of innate sense of channeling their will to stop the shooter mm. from doing anything that's going on there mm. as well. But either way, like it totally worked for me. That it felt like they were doing the motions in perfect synchronization um, and. Yeah, it's this this great emotional climax to to the episode that's um, that's then you know suddenly punctuated by well punctuated by a literal gunshot as uh, yeah. as as they they tackle the kid or as one of the canteen staff tackles the kid. Yeah, and it's also the first time we we properly see and it's focused on for the whole time the movements from start to finish. Yeah, and I think this the the the, the choreography that's been put into them and like how otherworldly they are. I think the more you see them, the more you appreciate them in my mind. I actually really like them and I love the guttural sounds. Mm. I love the the strange movements. How what, I love how What's your favorite movement? Uh I think it's this one. Okay. I, I like I'm trying to remember it, but there's one where they do like a hiss. They're like <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> like, oh, I think we're safe to say this now. Back in the early uh, episodes, I think it was episode 2. We know the episode where they were sitting around the uh table with the with the author whatever yes. that was yeah yeah well uh prairie does this while oh, okay. she's at the table because like as if she's got a headache and it's sort of uh it's one of the movements one of the so. movements that's great i didn't know yeah i didn't didn't clock that at the time obviously but that's, that's in my season one theory brain i was thinking to myself you know how i said to you before that i was kind of thinking original angel god someone actually said in the comments that maybe original angel means satan which is interesting mm. um but I actually um, was thinking like the God thing, and then I was like, "Oh, are the movements literally things that happened in Prairie's life?" You know what I mean? Like that she did that at the table one time, so it comes from her. You know? Yeah, um, that's I think great. It maybe it was yeah. So who knows? But um, but yeah. So I think I, I really enjoyed it. The way it was edited together as well with the music. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, there's a few moments which if this there's some tv that i watch that i have to cry at mm. there's other tv which is really emotional and and, and uh and effective that if i want to cry i can if you do you know what i mean yeah like i i can choose to be taken with it and yeah. this is a moment which i can choose to be taken with as well as scott being revived uh, in episode five i if i want to it's not one that gets me crying every time no matter what but if but if i if i really focus and get in the moment i can get i can get there um so basically i really love the editing i think that the way that they there was one moment, I think it was, they showed us the, the movements and they would cut between the different people doing the movements and it was always at the same moment. So it was always like, it was just a continuation of the last one. There was one moment at the beginning of the of the movements, which they doubled a movement a little bit, uh, a little bit of the Rafiki double lift. Yeah. Um, or the triple lift. Uh, that Rafiki. didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lifts up Simba yeah. three times. Uh, 
it, it didn't really it didn't happen at all except for maybe an inkling of one time because mm-hmm. I think they were trying to make it seamless. Uh, yeah. There was one little moment where I think they, they lingered a tiny bit too long, or maybe that was the decision they chose for for a reason or, or whatever. But yeah, I think it was really really effective, and I'm glad that this had uh, that, that you enjoyed this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it does come out of nowhere a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you go back and rewatch that vision she had with the cafeteria uh, in the last episode, or I think yeah, it was the last episode. Yeah, I believe at the very beginning. Uh, it is very clear what's coming if you look at that. Like you literally, I think you literally see like a like a tray, like a cafeteria tray with my four point falling to the ground. Yeah. Uh, so when I rewatched it, I was I was really clear what was happening, um, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, anything else you wanted to add before we get into the, the very end? So obviously, Prairie gets shot. Yeah, Prairie, Prairie gets shot right in the chest, um, which doesn't seem great. I don't know how you're getting an NDE out of that. <laughs> like that, that seems like a like very much a, a just death experience. What you what you would get from that, but she, you can actually see it when they're doing the movements. You can see in one of the really wide shots. You can see in the background Prairie like coming up yeah. to the window, yeah, approaching. Which I thought was which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. So she, so okay. Steve chases after the thing. Uh, she's in the ambulance. Calls her she angel says, for the first time. Calls her angel. She says you know uh it's it's worked um i have the will i have the will and then steve's like oh my god it is working and he's like take me with you Mm. um and then uh it ends oa comes on screen and then it fades into another scene where she is in a white room and she's like sort of waking up or whatever and she says I don't know. Is she waking up or is she already awake? I'm not sure. But anyway, she uh, she looks up and she says to someone off camera, Homer. Mm, so, I don't. So I've got a couple of thoughts here. I don't think the person she's speaking to is Homer. Mm-hmm. I do think she has travelled at this point, though. I think the NDE that she has experienced as part of, um, you know, by being shot in the chest, I think has been crucial to her kind of stepping through. Uh, stepping through to another dimension um but i don't think she's in i don't know if she is actually in another dimension though i feel i feel like the show is gonna stay fairly grounded so i think we're gonna we're staying on earth i I think that's where she's waking up but i think she has you know slipped through to another place um uh, as, as part of this experience do you mean like one of those universes that's like sort of um Oh, you mean another a physical, another place within the same world? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to go crazy sci-fi with it, just because they've been so refined with the kind of um, sci-fi elements. Like basically, uh, the, that that um, re- a, a place on the rings of Saturn where Katoon hangs out is basically the only true sci-fi we've or I, I guess it's not even really science fiction it's just kind of like fantasy and magic uh, to be it's honest. Sci-fi, sci-fant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, uh, so that's really the only stuff we've seen so I'd be really surprised if they were suddenly like you've travelled to another dimension where the planet is ruled by dogs or okay, by... So you, okay so you think she's gone to another dimension but it's just the earth again is I, that what you're I, saying I, I, I don't think, really understand what you mean so I think she's definitely the end so she is where she has woken up isn't where that that uh, ambulance took her like she got in that ambulance and she has through the movements that were performed and the fact she's going through another NDE, I think she is waking up somewhere else. She is she is disappearing from that ambulance and waking up somewhere else. The idea of like traveling through dimensions, I don't know where I fall on that yet, but I, I think 
from our perspective where she wakes up in season one is still going to be earth um whether it's another dimension earth or the same earth i'm not sure yet but i think for all intents and purposes it will look the same as the earth that we expect it to look like but i think she she's not making the full trip to that hospital that's my feeling it i will point out that it like just for your sort of your own thoughts it does say multiple times throughout this season uh that there are multiple universes that layer on top of each other yeah and they literally use the word dimension yeah no so that's why i'm kind of using it as well but i don't really know how that's going to manifest in this show yet like mm-hmm. you know is is going to another dimension does it look exactly the same or are there slight differences is it is it as like kind of physical as a different timeline or is it something more abstract than that um i'm not sure yet but but some 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 fuckery definitely went on in that in that ambulance i'm confident that there was a lot of comments throughout this whole season like i'm assuming from conrad's possibly not who were referring to this as like um sliders right yeah um (laughs) we haven't seen a portal yet no Uh, no 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 portal which i'm very disappointed about yeah so is yeah so i'm not asking you to, to predict again whether there'll be a portal but i'm just saying those people who've been listening and saying it's like sliders um if this is all it is as conrad says if someone like moves from one place to another through the movements in some way are you satisfied with that or do yeah you want a portal? I, I i think so i i'd like uh, as much as i'd like a portal if it turns out to look like sliders where it ages quite poorly i'd rather they just not do it <laughs> and then just yeah, like yeah. cut to the cut to another scene okay Gotcha. Uh, I think we've covered most things. I will just say before we go, when I first watched this, I'm not going to say anything about the second season. When I first watched this uh, season, uh, the re- another reason why I thought maybe it was uh, it could be a good one and done is because when she woke up in, in the white room at the end, uh, I, I thought there was two ways to view that as well, if you would have viewed it as the end of the show. It could be viewed as like she was in heaven, mm. one thing. Another thing is that it could be viewed like she's in a mental institution. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know those are the two; those were definitely two places that my mind went as well. Like, oh, she's just been you know institutionalized um, mm-hmm. because you know she's 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 like clearly Co- suffering some Co- form Co- of uh, yeah, suffering some form of um, of mania um, or, uh, or 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 you know. Uh, hospital potentially as well but i think it's neither i think it's just a brightly lit room made to look like that that will the the saturation will will uh or the brightness will lower uh, at the beginning of the next season and we'll see she's in a relatively normal room with somewhere else all right okay gotcha uh do you want to get in the roundup yeah let's do it imdb rating 8.4 yeah, I think I think I'd probably go slightly lower, but still in the eights somewhere. Low eights, I think I'd say. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm torn on this episode because, as I say, the the good stuff, so the ending, uh, the the uh, scene where they bring Evelyn or they cure Evelyn, um, th- those were fantastic scenes. Um, and and you know, there's some great stuff with Abel and Nancy as well. I think there was a mm-hmm. couple of bits in this that didn't really work for me, which is what drags it down. But ultimately, it was still you know a really good episode. Awesome. Okay, so what have you got in terms of theory? So we'll start off. Okay, we'll start off. Go through your theories that have been concluded. Okay. Um, 
in the Conrad's Theory Matrix segment. Um, that was my jingle for it. Let's do it. Uh, so <laughs> we have to go into a segment saying let's do it. We never, we never don't. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So let's let's go through then one at a time. You said there's around ten of them. Um, yeah, Conrad's theories that yeah. have been concluded this season, and we'll see how you're looking in terms of this. Okay, I haven't actually scored this yet, so this is going to be, or I've got my formula in place to even count this, so it's not going to be a perfect situation. And for those of you who haven't experienced this before, welcome to the theory matrix. This is how we do it. This yeah. is how we do it. Um, <laughs> okay, theory the first. Uh, this was proposed, <laughs> proposed in the first episode. Um, I could have really concluded this at any point, but I left it until the end of um, of the season. Um, Near-death experiences will be a key part of this show. Whoa. Now that is a correct theory. Yeah. Ba- <laughs> bang on, I believe. Well done. <laughs> well done. Okay. Um, this was also proposed in the first episode, uh, concluded in the next episode. The OA didn't leave home willingly. Didn't leave home willingly. Um, incorrect. Yeah, bugger. <laughs> That's all I got to she say did. about that. She did. She very much did, and she wrote she um, literally a, a did, very. Yeah. Po- she didn't even proofread that letter she wrote for Nancy and Abel. Like she, there were spaces missing all over the thing. So you know, she not only did she leave willingly, but she, she was left blind, Conrad. That is a fair point, actually. She was blind. <laughs> I forget that she was blind at any point because it feels like it was so long ago. <laughs> but, that, but that is a fair point. <laughs> I feel bad now. Sorry, sorry, young Prairie. You were writing that letter while blind. Um, okay, so this was this is the last one from the first episode. This was concluded in episode three. Uh, by nearly dying, you are able to travel somewhere, perhaps to the weird astral projection place we saw with the lady speaking Arabic. Yeah, again, another layup, but it is it is correct. So we have to give it yeah. to you. I'll take them. You know, that like a, a, a tap in and a thirty yarder, they get you the same amount of points. So uh... I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will just say, I always laughed out loud when you made that theory because I because even though it is true in this show, uh, it's hilarious to me because it really rings true on a big incorrect theory you had for Dark. Uh, or, you know, if. I'm not going to go too much into it, but there's certain things to do with Noah, yeah. certain two th- things to do with methods of exiting a cycle. We'll say. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. This is this is like wish fulfillment for me. It's like all those incorrect theories I had for Dark are coming home to roost now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the these um <clears throat> the well. Uh, there's there's three for oh no there's actually a few more I'll go I'll go well I'll go through these now and we can we'll address them afterwards so first one from episode two um, this doctor has a questionable set of ethics and will abuse OA you. <clears throat> uh, you came up with that theory while watching the episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so there's a couple, like, so, so for full disclosure for this, there are a couple about Hap being a piece of shit that were essentially confirmed in the same episode I proposed them. So I have put them in here, but I'm happy to debate as to whether they should be scored or not. I'm happy to give you a point for that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's another one which seems like exactly the same thing so I don't know. We'll, we'll decide whether I've just written it down twice and should write it off um, but the next one, this was confirmed in episode 4, OA will get her eyesight back through another NDE yep, well done absolutely fucking swishing these at the moment but <laughs> yeah, there's, a lot, well. there's a lot of open ones though which may not 
Uh, some big swings is all I'll say, <laughs> all I'll say in this season. Um, so this one, I think this is just a, a copy of the one before the last, but this was proposed in episode two as well and also included in episode two. Happ is 100% a bad guy. <laughs> like, I think that, um, that was more like stream of consciousness the- theory writing. Well, I think the fact that you said Hap will abuse uh, Prairie, we have to write that this theory that he's a bad guy off because otherwise we're kind of applying that you don't think someone abusing someone is a bad thing to do. <laughs> Listen, don't you apply your modern morals to me. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. yeah, you did this to three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. It's grayed out. It's grayed out. We're forgetting about it. I'm happy with that. Okay, um, so this is the last one from episode two. Um, and this is concluded in the next episode. The tanks are filled with water to partially drown the occupants and trigger an NDE. No. Why I order? I was so close with that. I was I was right about the method, just not the um or yeah. I guess I was right about the method of doing it, just not the uh, the the specifics. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's you've got four correct so far. How many incorrect did you get? Two. Two that's the second incorrect one. Yeah. Case. Okay. okay. Oh, are you writing these down? I'm just keeping a score so we can say what you got. Make sure there's no, make sure the like, keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, yeah. Okay, so the next one, this is going to be a contentious one. I can already feel it in my bones. This was proposed. So everything in episode three is still open at the moment, so I'm not going to go through them right now. Um, this was proposed in episode four, and I concluded it in episode six. This place looks a lot like Nessus from Destiny Two, so I'm saying this is on another planet. Not technically on. Um, although I am going to give you the point for that. Oh, I gave myself an an orange for that, to be honest, because it was it was not exactly right. I think you're being very harsh on yourself there. Okay. I think I think I'm going to give you that point for that. I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. Like I think obviously it's much more. It's not like physical, if you know what I mean. But it, maybe it is actually. But but I think it, like. We have to give it to you. Okay. You know, you noticed the symbolism from a game, like the, the, the set design <laughs> of a game, and then said what was going to come up in the show later based off of that. You even said Saturn when we were talking about that. Yeah, I did. That's true. That is true. Um, all right. I'm happy to take the points for that. Um, okay. And then this was also in episode four. Uh, this was concluded in episode seven. It's a big one and it's a classic. OA equals original angel. Yeah, you got it. Got it. I feel like the show does kind of lead you to that one, though. Like, you know, you're it's you're seeing people with wings. That's they they give you original, so it's kind of yeah. I, I have said before about my thoughts about the idea of that name being always interpretation of that, but again, but you still get the point for it. Okay, um, I'm happy with that. I, I've, but I've that's sort of a meta analysis on my part. I think you know we'll, we'll see in season two. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but well. <laughs> This could go badly wrong in season two, is all I'll say for some of this. The thing is, some of this, I have to be very careful. Like some of the stuff that I'm, I still theorize about the show because obviously it got cancelled. I have to be careful telling you what my theories are because it might give away something that happens in season two. But I don't think my questioning of that really does. Uh, yeah. But I'm also not going to say whether it gets concluded or not. All right. Okay, so uh, a couple more from episode four. Um, this one, first one, was concluded in episode six. Those scars are something to do with angel wings. The way you've worded that, it's almost correct because they are to do with angel wings in the fact that the designers made them look like angel wings. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, a, 
there's definite symbolism, uh, uh, you know, in that imagery. But I, I said no for this. Yeah, because no. I, I, if I'm honest with myself, I thought we were literally going to see a scene where she tears her own wings off, like in that Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah. And another one. This was concluded in episode seven. I think it would have been a better idea, but she had other plans. BBA spending spree montage. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. No. There's That's not me. enough wolf coat, wolf jumpers in the world. For BBA. <laughs> oh god! Can you imagine if she got one of those Homer wolf jumpers? <laughs> yeah, She'd be Homer a force to be reckoned jump. with. Um, and then, so the last three that are confirmed. Um, so this one was in episode six. It was pro- pro- proposed and um, confirmed in episode eight. That cop is getting killed by Hap. Uh, yeah, that's that was a big correct one yeah. as well. Well done. You establish a cop with a sympathetic backstory. He rumbles the bad guy. <laughs> Come on, we've all seen he's, action yeah. movies. We know what's happening to that car. To that car, he's he's going away. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least he went with Evelyn though. That would have all, that would have been more tragic if if he'd have died without them bringing Evelyn there. So you oh, just know there's this woman with ALS. Or even even more tragic, he kills Stan but leaves Evelyn alive when she's been healed. Oh, that'd be yeah, that'd be horrific actually. I don't think Cap has that kind of. Um, he's just too, perhaps too lovely for that, you know. Yeah, he's a kind. He, well, he thinks he's, he, he, that, That's obvious. Uh, you know, that's too obvious. Being being an evil person. Yeah, that's malicious. It, he's not malicious. It, yeah, he's he's a scientist. No. <laughs> um, okay, last two. So this was proposed in episode seven, concluded in episode eight. Nancy did know about Prairie's letter and lied about it to Abel. Well done. Yeah. And last one. Um, this is I don't know about this one this is a bit of a gimme to be honest but again episode 7 including episode 8 that dream is going to come to fruition next episode well the fact I think it probably was a bit of a gimme in that in that it was going to come to fruition at some point the fact that you, you <laughs> they weren't you, showing you it for no reason <laughs> yeah the fact that you said next episode it still is a bit of a gimme because it's a bit of a weird thing to lead to the following series yeah, having said that the fact that you did hone it in on next episode you've been burnt in the past by saying things that happen in the next episode but that is don't. true yeah so when you get one right we have to give it to you okay all right well that's not a bad start i will say i think what does that put me on like plus five or something plus five yep plus five sure? nice um but that's yeah better than uh, dark i think dark you were like minus three or something yeah i was like minus six something. but i mean you know to give people a brief i won't go through Ooh, i've just accidentally deleted one um i won't go through all of these but to give the listeners a brief insight into what the theory matrix the unconfirmed theories in the theory matrix are looking like we have such theories as um some of the other captives have been sent to another plane universe permanently uh this show is going to a preacher style god is missing situation Riz Ahmed's character is shady as hell and was up to something bad in Prairie's house. <laughs> um, what else we got? Oh, August was Rachel's sister. I don't know if we'll ever get that confirmed. <laughs> That's just not being mentioned again. So it m- this might be another one of those situations like the torch in Dark where I've just honed in on something that's never going <laughs> to... The torch. Never going to um, be mentioned. I, 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 yeah, there is a theory about August that I read on the uh, OA subreddit recently that I don't want to share here. Um, I think I probably could share it here uh, at this point, but I don't want to just in case I pollute your mind in any way. So okay, I appreciate saying I'm polluted. To talking to you about it. I, I don't want you to be polluted. That's the thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate you keeping me pollution free. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot. There's still there's a lot of lot of game left to play here. A lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of theories still on the boards that could uh, from season one that could go either way. I think. 
Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, I really wasn't expecting you to come out of the first season with a plus, with a plus, um, which is really well done. Uh, I'd be really impressed if you get to the end of se- <laughs> a two-season show that was cancelled in a positive. That would be pretty good. Um, yeah. Maybe you've been a bit too conservative here, Conrad, in terms yeah, of Yeah, th- well, I think I definitely have been quite conservative. With some, like, I look back at some of these and I'm a bit like, oh, some of these are a bit easy, to be honest. Like, I've got to start swinging for the fences a bit more. <laughs> but yeah. as I say, there's some there's some big ones that haven't been confirmed or denied yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Thank you very much for that. Let's now go into the listener questions. Yeah, let's do it. A stranger from the outside. As always, guys, leave questions underneath this video on YouTube if you want to ask Conrad a question or if you're an audio listener or if you're not, you can send us an email at adpodmail at gmail.com and give us a question. Our first question this week actually comes from someone through adpodmail at gmail.com. They sent us an email. Uh, I will say before I read it, it's from someone called Bert. Hello, Bert. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, But before I read it, I just want to say I replied to Bert and I signed it James. Now, it's funny because I just did that naturally and I just realized Bert doesn't know who responded to him. (laughs) (laughs) It was me. It was me. Uh, So... Uh, there you go. Um, That's textbook. So we should just sign all our emails, James. Now, just be like, I don't know. We can. We that, that gives both of us plausible deniability if we do anything bad. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Um, now, okay. So here's Bert's question. Okay. Um, what did you think of the books? Uh, and okay, okay, okay. So let's talk about the books first, because because uh, Bert goes down a path here that we weren't going to go down, but I will go down it with him. Okay. Uh, but uh, the books, the books. First of all, Bert says. Well, let's run through them, right? So we've got Homer uh, and the Iliad. Yeah, we've the got Iliad, the yeah. Angel's Book. We've got... Um, what else do we have? I didn't actually notice the others, to be honest. Like, I'm assuming they had something to do we with... We had an NDE book. An yeah, NDE oh yeah, book. there was a book on, on, on NDEs and... I there don't remember the fourth what one. one was. Yeah, but I think, for me, for me, basically, I kind of you can back up. It, it really was just books that were very much about what she was doing, like what she yeah. was talking about, what she was... Really, they, they, the books were serving there to almost imply that she had... We could potentially, in some way, believe that she got all of the yeah. information yeah, from Yeah, it, it was the Kaiser Soze reveal unusual suspects, you know, when the cops looking at the court notice board and seeing everything that, that, that Kevin Spacey's character has revealed to him over the last two hours was just behind him on a on a... On a you know on a notice board, it's not. I don't think it's implying that she was necessarily doing it maliciously, but it's just designed to sow that seed of doubt. Exactly. Uh, and moving from <laughs> one man's name who I didn't want to hear today to another. <laughs> yeah. um, so why? So this is the second question. Uh, why was Ilyas Rahim in Nancy and Abel's house? Now we didn't know that name. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Riz Ahmed. Oh well, I mean. Let, I mean, let's be honest. The chances of me remembering that are incredibly low. So, <laughs> so tell me, do you, do you remember it now? Ilias Rahim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm I'm very good at remembering things that happened 30 seconds ago, but beyond yeah, that, yeah. I make no well promises. Um, he was up to some shady shit. I mean, he's so okay. What do we know about? him being assigned to her like she hasn't actually met any like fbi people has she that like like he or he or, like, i should say he's not like been 
assigned to her through any official channel that we know of. I think the cops... He has, I think, because remember the, at the very beginning, the FBI was talking to Abel and Nancy Oh, were those FBI the that they were talking to them? I thought those were I just th- cops. I assumed they were. I assumed oh, okay, fine. So, so, I mean, maybe he does work for the FBI, but I think he definitely has an ulterior motive because otherwise, what is his character doing? Like, what is his character arc at this point? Like, he's just... Uh, like. His character—I've already forgotten his name. I was about to call him Riz Ahmed, <laughs> like, but but his character—he doesn't have an arc at the moment. It's a flat line. It's like he seems like a nice guy who's helping um, Prairie get through some stuff, which is fine. You can have supporting characters that are just one note there to help a main character facilitate some change. But I feel like Prairie has very much been removed from Riz Ahmed's sphere of influence now, which means his character is either not going to be in the show anymore. Or he's going to change quite dramatically. And the fact that he's showing up in Prairie's house at night when no one is there makes me think that it's probably going to be the latter rather than the former. Okay, interesting. Uh, In terms of the YouTube questions here, guys, we do have about almost 10 of them. I'm going to be just picking out a couple because we have went quite long today due to the Conrad's Theory Matrix. I'm sure you won't mind. Uh, So if there's a question that you really wanted answered, put it on the next week's one and I'll hopefully get around to it. Um, So... First of all, before we ask a question, just as a little, um, I have to include this because Vic Disco has said, "Great job as always, guys." Conrad, quick question: When French found those books, do you think the for a, did you think for a brief moment uh, that Prairie was Kaiser Soze? So, <laughs> I was expecting it to cut to Prairie. I wouldn't know. They should have kept her blind until this point because then they could have done like the the the, the pan up <laughs> as she's walking away, takes off her blind glasses, throws them away, and like gets in this convertible and speeds off. And it's <laughs> and that that's that's how this series should have ended. But, yeah. uh, we could have. Yeah, me, me and Vic Disco great. are of one mind here. When as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Motherfucking usual suspects." Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So Marvin says, "Hey, this time I remember uh, something specific from the, this particular episode." So I've got a question. So you've probably discussed to death uh, this to death in the episode. We actually haven't really discussed this to death, but I like the pun, Marvin. Either way, uh, on a scale of from never going to appear again to totally fine, how dead is Prairie by the end? I mean, she got shot in the heart. Like <laughs> it's like she's not dead. I don't think because I, I'm fairly sure. You know the, the 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 fact that she's like, oh, it's happening, and and Steve is like, take me with you, implies to me that it's something they've discussed. I mean, I guess we've seen them discussing it in broad terms, and that they kind of know what's going to happen. So she's not dead, but I will say, I mean, I, you know, we've seen Prairie take, you know, she's got stabbed in the leg, took that like a champ, but there's a long, there's a big big old gap between getting stabbed in the leg with a pencil and getting shot in the centre of the chest with an assault rifle and just still standing up and being like, it's fine. So I wonder, a part of me actually wonders whether the movements the guys were doing kind of prevented her from taking lethal damage from that, because that's the kind of thing where like if you're shot in the centre of the chest, you're just dead. You don't like. You don't like. Oh, maybe I'll make it to hospital. Like your your heart will explode. Like you're just not gonna be alive anymore when that happens. So yeah, I don't know. It's the it's yeah. the answer. Okay, so uh, let me see. Always the foreigner says. This is the last one I'm gonna do, guys. As Anthony pointed out last week, um, Riz Ahmed has no problem straight up lying about conversations with the OA. Uh, so who's to say that he knew? Uh, enough about her narrative to plant evidence of doubt. So I think uh, Always Foreigner is sort of implying here um, that possibly do you think Riz Ahmed planted the books? 
Um, that's an interesting idea, actually. I hadn't I hadn't considered that. Um, possibly. What would his? I've got to like Occam's razor this though. Like, what is what would his motivation be to do that? Like, is he trying to discredit the research? Does he know and he's trying to prove keep people off the scent? I guess that would be an interesting direction for his character to go in, and that would um, mm. that would tie in with him planting planting the books. It does certainly seem weird. I will say that that Prairie just has those books lying around. Um, you know, we've never seen her reading the Iliad. <laughs> She's more of a you know, buying wolf sweaters in Target kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of girl than <laughs> you know, like and and it's you know I get um I guess you could make the argument that I mean Homer is obviously very explicitly named Homer. Um but it's a it's a loose metaphor. You know, like I don't think you could look at I don't think you'd necessarily need to have read the Iliad to construct a character like Homer out of it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like a it seems like an odd book choice if it was hers. So yeah, that that's a good point and some, definitely something to for me to mull over. Okay, awesome. Right, guys, there we are. That's uh, season one of the OA done. We'll be back with episode one of season two next week. Conrad, final thoughts, final closing thoughts, as short or as long as you want. Um, I hope that wherever Hap travelled to and whoever he took with him he took his earphones <laughs> yeah he needs those earphones um, yeah. well as long as he's got saliva he'll have earphones they're sort of <laughs> yeah. the- he, never, he, the, never the two shall part he grabbed as many packets of the jelly made from his saliva as he possibly could before he travelled yeah like I think what they didn't show us was before Prairie got in the car whenever he was taking her and dumping her on the side of the road he actually smothered her in that jelly because he's like <laughs> yeah. you might hit your head on the way in the car you know yeah. and then he just like grabs her on the back of the shirt and just like like a fucking <laughs> luge just threw her down the street and she slid for about two miles before coming to a stop yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she could hear perfectly. Um, <laughs> right, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel, The Culture Cave, on podcasting apps if you want to listen there. Uh, if you want to give the video a like, that would be great. Uh, email, adpodvalgmail.com. I didn't mention the Discord at the beginning, actually. We do have a Discord. I'll put the link in the description. Lots of cool dark discussions as well as movie discussions as well as OA discussions going on there. Uh, also, if you want to join the Discord and start giving ideas of what we could do next on the... Um, on this, I did mention we're sort of we do we do really want to do Westworld. Whether it'll be next or not, we're not sure, but we do want to do it uh, eventually. So maybe that will be the next one we do. We're not 100 sure yet though. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, guys, and we'll catch you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at the Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.